This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. All right. Sometime instructor. I guess I should add that on to my should, maybe. call I mean, sign. You know. Let's, let's get a fully working assistant. dojo again. <laughs> wow. I, yeah, I, I feel like I can't say that yet because I don't really feel like a teacher or instructor I at all. I understand. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like a, like a sub at yeah. best, you know? Yeah. You had your own class. You had your own class. That's true. And also you're it's teaching true. people every week here on the podcast. That's, so. oh, wow. That's right. That's yeah. true. Real talk. All right. All right, so today we had a... Uh, listener, I almost said viewer, a listener request for a podcast or for an episode, and we're going to kind of go through it. And I think, I think actually a lot of people have asked this, and so I think it's about time we talk about it. And we shot some videos today, so there are probably some videos coming up soon, although all three of us were in the videos, and those kind of always go sketchy, so it might not look Because there's no, as, one behind the camera. Yeah, there's no one behind the camera. <laughs> Usually it's me, and then I needed to be in it. So but then... at the very least, the uh, info is top of mind. Right. Yeah. Because we just went through some stuff and right. so here we go we're able to, to do it so this question comes to so us away we go <laughs> thanks <laughs> we were already going that's, that's and then for you... some billy 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 on the street thing all right um so this comes to us from uh martin hacker i don't know if it's hecker or hacker um correct correct me if i'm wrong um so this is a little bit of a long question so just bear with us but i think it's uh worth reading because he's thinking a lot of thinking about a lot of interesting stuff. So he says, I was hoping to get more insight into progressions you've tried and probably also failed to go from kata training to randori in your training and training especially with students. Uh, Especially the pitfalls and failures and the things you learn to watch out for are something I'd really like to hear more about. Also, how to learn to be a good attacker, how to scale an attack in a way that does not allow the person to always get it and what to shoot for there. And uh, how to verify you are scaling your attacks correctly, how to vary them and still ensure the other person has a great time, stuff like that. He says, in the end, I guess it is about uh, that it is about as the attacker, how to attune to the defender so he can actually learn something while being challenged and how to learn how to do that. Uh, Especially in the light of the fact that most Aikido people I've met are not the greatest attackers ever. And then he goes on to suggest some things I think about the progressions, and he's talking about, I think, from Kata to Rondori, but that I would very much like to hear more about your, in, your, in your experiences. And he proposes movement training first. Attacks are merely grabs, and everyone is forced to move really slow. Your goal is to learn how to make the attackers get in each other's way or how to get out of situations. Not sure if you maybe need an advantage that you can move a little bit faster than them, or maybe you can move as fast as you want, then slowly speed it up. I can imagine that becoming an awesome game of catch. And then he says, progress? Same progression, start really slow and then speed things up, uh, only allowing for maybe one technique, maybe just part of like an ikkyo nikkyo to get your arms or hands free and then continue from there. He says, I guess you have some extensive experience by now. What works best to get people accustomed to dealing with multiple attackers and learning to stay safe while being able to see how their Aikido and especially parts of techniques from the katas in action. I think this is also probably a follow-up to our conversation about how the forms and techniques that uh, techniques, there's a bunch of techniques within right, the forms. Right, right, right. And so now he's kind of going, great. Yeah, now, how do, how do we, how do, we do those? Right. It's great because uh, I feel like dude is, uh, dude, I'm sorry, the person. Uh, this Josh guy. is from California. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> it's just dude. I, is everyone's just... dude to me. Uh, but 
it has a really uh, some good points, and and one is just realizing that like you can't jump from uh, A to Z, That's right. um, and if you do, it, it it is not nothing good comes from that, and that's usually what happens. It's like you know you take a bunch of people who are training forms, and then you go, okay, now we're going we're going all out. And suddenly they're tasked with doing something that they've never done before on both sides. So right. you've never had you've never had to truly attack in a in a you know completely a hundred percent manner. Um, and on the flip side, you've never had someone come at you attacking it. You know, and so it just becomes this stupid jumble. Yeah. Um, and everyone has probably done that uh, the first time that they've done Rondo or even sometimes Geoaza ends up right. like that um, where it's like Ugh. and it's because you have to build the stress levels together That's so right. you have yes. to build the skill level and the stress level together um, you and if you don't then the person reverts back to the original skill <clears throat> or zero skill you know if right. you have no right. skill then they just sit there floundering right I think when you start talking about how to scale scale up towards Rondori you have to make sure that you understand or that you're teaching your students what the reasoning is behind yes. how how we um, what context we're looking at and how we approach that context and that begins with distancing um, and movement and and that in order to keep distance you're going to have to keep moving around in order to uh, attempt to hold on to that distance that you have because that's your best and first defense against someone trying to get you um, and then from that we get the attacks and the grabs that come up. And so if, if you're not training from that mentality of that the, 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 the person doing the Aikido is constantly trying to move. That the then, whole thing will be dynamic. Right. right. Then it's right. hard yeah. to get how, um, how the, 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 you're going to scale those drills to, um, to mock up that kind of uh, attack that you need in order to cover that distance that that person's creating. Well, and there's also this weird thing. Me and Chris came up against it uh, when we were doing uh, this thing at um, Combat Con one year, and they were doing, they were having people kind of do multiple attackers, and they were doing it slow. They were having people attack slow, um, <laughs> like so, you know, or half speed or whatever of the attack. But people were doing things because they were moving slow. They were doing things that were would not be possible at top speed. Right. Um, but like, you know, so they were, uh, a punch was coming and then suddenly it redirects itself in the middle of the thing to go to where the person was, right. which they can do as we're moving slowly. But if that was at top speed, that would never be able to happen. Yeah. So when you're scaling like that and you're, you're the attack, it's not enough to just half speed it. You have to, to take the entire intent of the thing yes um and i think that's where a lot of confusion and a lot of problems come in is because it's like now that we're moving at half speed as the attacker um my attack can can win every (laughs) time right if the person you know is is, if we're both going half speed because i can perceive it or whatever so i have to even though i'm moving at half speed continue with the attack as if it were a full speed as if it were full intent yeah you know yeah you know and that's a difficult so basically when whenever you're building any kind of uh training drill whatever you're what you're doing is you're taking variables out of the practice um so we can isolate and and improve some of the things that can happen right so so what you're doing is you're always removing variables so you can focus on other parts 
Um, if you don't do that, then you get what Josh said, which is just a, a crazy jumble of things. Now, I do believe that that can be productive, but it just takes a really long time to be productive. And if you're trying to get at something specific, like how does Aikido work, it's a real difficult way you'll to never, get at it. You'll like, I mean, you will get there, but I mean, maybe, 30, maybe yeah, 50 like, years. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you really have to start with your idea of like, what are we trying to do? You know, and so and so everything I'm going to talk about from here on out, I'm going to talk about how we came up in uh, up to it from where I started with what I thought Aikido was to where I am now, um, because it, I can only really talk from that perspective. But 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 this is the perspective I'm coming from, and I think the perspective I started with was really similar. And and his first question here was basically like, how do you take things from the kata to being able to do that in a live situation, and and what are the pitfalls and failures in there? And um, I had tons. I mean, there are tons. Um, because I went from what I would say is just the totally regular Aikido guy approach, which is like being able to do a shionage, for example, is um, what Aikido is about, right? So being able to do an ikkyo, being able to do a ninkyo, being able to do a kodagaish. And I remember there was a time where I actually had a checklist where I was like, have I done this thing live? Have I done this thing live? Have wow. I done this live? live? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, had I done a kodagaish live? Had I done a, you know, and that was coming from like when I had already moved back to the garage and like I know that doing uh, MMA, I mean, I maybe did a Kodagash once, you know, but really nothing, nothing ever of, of note. And so like when I was in the garage and my objective was to make Aikido quote unquote work, work right. then um, I needed to be able to do all the techniques. So that was what I set forth to do first, right? And so, and that's really direct question of what he's asking here, mm -hmm. which is like, how do you go from kata to live training? Mm -hmm. And all I could see Aikido was in the beginning was the kata because it's so heavily emphasized. So it's like, you know, can I actually do katate dori shionage? Is that actually right. ever going to happen? You know, so so I made this checklist and I eventually achieved it. I got every every technique on there, and and then now it's been so many that I don't I don't even notice. Who cares anymore? But but that was an important thing for me, and so I started building the practices around that. Like, how can I see if I can achieve right, right. these things? In right? what in what situation? Pops, uh, how how does ikkyo present itself? Right. How right. does nikkyo present right, itself? Right. Right. And see, if you're doing it in that situation, then it becomes really hard because you have to be able to um, see the technique and see the situation as it's happening in live practice. And that is not easy. Right. Um, I, I really think, you know, that you can get stuff out of that. And I got a bunch of stuff out of that, but I worked on it for too long. I mean, it, it really wasn't as big a rewards as had I gone another direction. Right. But but by doing that, a lot of things became obvious to me, you know, so, so I, I understood why the techniques would naturally arise because that's the only time you're ever going to do them by the way is when they naturally arise so if you currently have the idea and i had this idea that like you're going to do a shihonage meaning that like i'm going to see a guy and say going to do shihonage and then going to do it it's never going to work that way right um and so what you have to do is start learning what situations the technique will arise on its own and so it taught me stuff like kaitenages happen when people go low why would people go low because you're defending up high and so because you're defending up high they go down low to counter your high defense and then when they do that they become susceptible to kaitenage so things like that um became apparent yeah. to me so that was really good i learned all that stuff but then realizing in that and especially and this is when you know multiple attackers started introducing more and more multiple attacker stuff is realizing that like even that, you don't have the fucking time to do, right? right? So, like, yeah. if, if doing a technique is your goal, it just takes too long. Right. Um, and so, like, because you can't do the techniques unless they naturally present themselves. And the other person has to choose to let them naturally present themselves. And there's another person attacking you who's doing his own thing. You just don't have the time. It just doesn't work out. So, you have to make the practice about something different than doing the technique. And I would say the first big pitfalls and uh, failures that I had in that was thinking that getting a shield 
Ikionage done was what I was supposed to do or getting an Ikyo done or getting a whatever technique because you'll learn real quick that like you just don't have the time when multiple attackers come up. And, and I hold it as a true tenet of Aikido that Aikido has to be about multiple attackers. And if it's not about multiple attackers, then it's not Aikido. And I think that goes back to the founder. And I think, you know, it goes back to what it's in pop culture. Pop culture is Aikido is martial art that can deal with multiple people. So if you can't do that, which you can't if you're technique hunting, then you aren't going to do right. it, you know. And just an asterisk there. It's not to say that if it, you're doing a one-on-one practice that you're not doing Aikido. It's just that there's always that possibility of there being another attacker. And if you have to change your practice dramatically to account for that new attacker that just yes. came in, then something it's was wrong right. in the first yes, place. That's exactly right. And so, I mean, I'll tell you what, what my best training drill, and I still use this if I want to work technique, Right, and so I'm not saying that you don't need to learn to do techniques. You do. Like, how do I do the techniques against a resisting person? You'll get a lot out of that. Not as much as the system of Aikido, but you'll get a lot out of that. The greatest way to do that is to do what we call kaishiwaza practice, and kaishiwaza just means turnover techniques. So one person tries something, you try to turn that over against them, right? And we just have a basic progression that goes from really mellow, where both people are kind of being semi-cooperative. Uh, I play a game called. Um, uh, what is it called? Advantage, uh, Yeah, advantage, disadvantage. So uh, basically you take them to a position where you feel you're advantageous. You don't have a complete technique, but then they turn that around and they try to get the advantageous position. You know, I stole that stole that drill from Peter Ralston, but it's a basic one. And that's the most simple. And then that goes all the way up to two people wrestling hard over a weapon and trying to turn techniques over. And if you don't have the weapon, by the way, it won't work. Like right. so, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like th- that has to be something... Or, I mean, you can try it, and you will quickly see... The Greco-Roman wrestling uh, and Brazilian right. Jiu-Jitsu and I mean, Western wrestling. It, your, your Aikido, uh, the, the, the techniques, will not... You, they won't, it won't facilitate right. the techniques. That's right. So, Other stuff may ap- appear. Um, it won't. And, and I remember for a while, actually, um, we would do that without a weapon... And I would always feel like, well, this is stupid. Like, I just didn't understand, like, how it was supposed to... I couldn't logically figure out why, how it was supposed to work. Then the introduction of the weapon changed it instantly. It was like, oh, okay, now this makes complete yep. sense. Yep. Yep. And you what could turn it back and forth over and over and over. More clearly stated is just that Aikido techniques focus on the arm and the hand and always account for a weapon. So if you are, if there's not a weapon in play, then... The techniques that you would be doing in a, that kind of grappling situation, there's better. There's techniques. better techniques for that. So, um, and and you'll get into another practice. And so, honestly, to me, this kind of practice isn't Aikido proper. It is more akin to Japanese jiu-jitsu, um, which the techniques of Aikido are all taken from, and they're all useful in the context of Aikido, and so it's good to get good at them, but you're actually learning Japanese jiu-jitsu and not learning Aikido, and and that's all the way at the end of Kumiuchi, and it's the least successful stuff we have. So, and this is what I mean by when I said I spent too much time working on it, is because I spent years literally working on this, and um, I feel like my time could have been better spent other places, um, and I got good at it, and that's great, but th- that's like me getting good at Japanese jiu-jitsu which i like but it's just not it's not aikido you know so there's your first thing which i think was his main first point which was how do you go from kata which is basically how you see what we call the techniques and the forms um into uh, a live practice and then what are the pitfalls and failures in doing that you know and i think uh 100 you know what you said technique hunting i think is number one pitfall and a failure for sure um to think that you to look for the tech to do anything other than um, you know distance and and whatever uh, will create problems for you. 
And I don't know if Josh said this out right earlier, but um, what I was saying about like understanding the movement piece of whatever it is we're doing, even if we're isolating some more, you know, something that starts with a grab, which is a lot closer in than our ideal Aikido situation where we'd like to start distance far away, um, is understanding that um, there is that point of certainty when someone's attacking you. And in Aikido, we're always wanting to take advantage of that point of certainty where when things are moving very quickly and someone's trying to overcome a large amount of distance to get to you or to lunge in to attack you, um, when things are going full speed, there's a point where they can't pull their hand back. That's right. That's right. They can't stop from pushing you. They're, like there, there's a point where they're going to it's do. A point the of thing. no return. You point can, of no you return. Cannot, yeah. You can't change that. And point. so um, when you're practicing that slowed down, like exactly what Josh said, which is that people start to change. Right. how they do yeah. stuff yeah. and so that point of certainty becomes way longer yes and so you can still you can still uh, you in fact don't ever get it actually well you know? right. like yeah i mean it's so minute that like yeah and that's a lot of times when you're doing a a, a form or a technique um and it feels like it feels weird um or it just it doesn't feel natural it's because that point of certainty is not existing. That's right, that's right. Um, and it's also the reason why the first time you really do get a technique that comes off like that, it feels for both people so, like, shocking. Right. And, and that probably, I would say, can only happen when it's in motion. Right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when it does, that's why that thing, that's the feeling you, you're looking for because you're toying with that, that right. moment. Yeah. This uh, this is this probably deeper into yes. Aikido theory as we see it than than we could right. cover in this podcast. But just understand that when you're moving full speed, which is what you're going to do when you're trying to get someone who's trying to stay away from you, you can't in mid action change that much, right? Like you can't adapt that much. And so in order to have higher adaptability, you have to move slower. And if they move slower, then the answer is to distance, right? Yeah. And so like, and that's basically just fundamental Aikido theory. Um, and so it, when he's talking about training your attackers, because that's his second question question is how to train the attackers to attack appropriately for what it is we're trying to train then it's making sure that you keep hitting this piece of um we're 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 mocking up we're simulating a situation where in this way you've done this attack and it's too late for you to change this thing or remember that um you can't change at this moment for right now for what we're looking at and if they have a hard time with that i've seen Chris do this a lot in class is if you if you keep having someone who um, keeps changing in the middle of their attack or slowing down their attack to fuck with someone even unconsciously right? Right. it doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be yeah. a, a malicious a thing most of the time it does yeah, happen. yeah. <laughs> what you do is, is you just have them speed it up real quick to show them see you can't do you that. can't do that yeah and 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 then that allows that or, person to or you just um you let the attack happen. So as the, you know, as the nage or whatever, mm-hmm. if you see that the person's doing some weird stuff and changing their attack, then you just let it happen. And what will probably end up happening is they will do the weird attack and attack <laughs> right. you off someplace right, right, right. and realize like, oh, that's, that's not, not a real attack. Right. right. Uh, and then they'll, they'll, you know, so a lot of times, you know, what we'll do is just, just let people come through and push us. That's right. And right. then if... If um, you'll quickly see, do they slow down right before they push you? Do they blow? And any of those things that they do is incorrect. So you just go, I'm just going to stand here, come and push me. Right. You know. Right. right. Yeah. And so, I mean, a really good example of that. And I mean, you know, if you're if you're trying to train this stuff, this is this is you'll see it immediately. And so will the person doing it, which is nice, because when you can point out something obvious and you don't have to tell them why they can't do that, they can realize why they can't do th- why they shouldn't do that themselves. Then it's all the better. And so, you know, a drill where say you're doing some kind of a wase practice where someone's running 
at you and their job is to shove you and then you move offline and blend. As you start to stress that drill, like meaning I'm adding more stress and the uke gets more into wanting to get nage, they will start doing stuff like slowing down right before they push because that means they'll have more adaptability. And so then they can they can hunt out wherever uke's, uh, nage is moving. Mm-hmm. Well, if nage just stands there, then all of a sudden uke will stand there too. And it's like, wait, remember, we're at a high speed situation right. here. So like, how would you just stop like that? And if you just stopped, you would make distance. So, you know, being able to constantly point those things out. We spent a lot of time in the garage um, working with how to get people to make solid attacks. And um, one of the easiest ways to do that is to give them a goal. But another thing is to just let them make the yeah. attack, right? So we'd have the a guy hold a pad, yeah. and then you would run yeah. at him and push him as hard as you fucking could, you know? And we'd try to shove each other into the door, you know? Like, how sh- how hard can you shove each <laughs> I other? I mean, no, you know? that was true. Yeah. Or, you know, we would get a, a club, and, you know, there were various versions of it as we were trying to figure out one that didn't hurt. but And it would swing it. We're going to swing full force, right? you know? Right. Um, and figure, you know, you can move or not, like, you know. And so a lot of that's like that kind of stuff. But I I think the best way to do it overall is give uke goals. They have to have a goal because if, if they think their goal is to fall down, then that's just what they'll do, right? right. So like, they'll find I, a way to fall down. Yep, I run at you, and then you do something, and I fall down. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! Exactly, I fell right. over. Wow. So, so that can't be Uke's goal, unless unless Uke is just training Ukimi, which I do do that sometimes. Like, okay, you're just gonna fall down, so you can practice falling in different weird situations. But like, but if the goal is to train Nage, then everything has to be goal oriented for Uke as well. And so that's simple. Uke's job is to get a successful grab. Uke's job is to come to a clinch hold. Uke's job is to shove Nage out of bounds. Uke's job is is to disarm Nage. You know, these are the criteria yeah. you could have. And then what you want to do, because remember, everything we're doing in, in sparring and training is limiting variables. So if you're limiting variables, just say the only the only win criteria for Uke is to get a hold of Nage. Right. That's it. Now, that can't be your only drill. You have to move them all around because if you're not constantly moving them, everyone will just kind of learn to game it. And, and right. they'll just it'll be a game of like, grab them and you're done. And that's not really what's happening. So it has to be some of that. But then after you see they're getting that, then it's like, okay, now develop that grab into a more successful right. grab right and so and this, this is how you game it back at them you know right. like yeah so essentially like the way that it should go is that at first it's difficult for nage because they haven't done done this skill yet right and then they start getting good at it and then nage gets better at yes. winning and yes. then uke feels angry and if you let it go on too long then uke will find new ways to to fuck with nage because they feel like they're losing quote in quotes a whole bunch so then that's where sensei has to step in and go okay let's give them new win criteria and then it makes right. the attacker feel like oh i can get it again right. and and the, then, and the reason that they can win is because we've limited that's right the, we've limited right, the you know, things right yes. which is what we wanted to do right but it will have a it will have an adverse action so it's always that. yeah you always have to right watch it and play back and forth and and ideally so understand as the person building these drills ideally you do want to get to a very free scenario where it's like just attack them you know like when we're doing rondori there's just gross win criteria and then other than that they're going you know so but you have to build up to that and this actually takes us to his third question which is essentially um how do you do that how do you train live practice and make sure it's safe and that um, everyone's having a good time, I think is what he said. But yeah. but because it's like, you know, look, if it's just it, the, the 300-pound guy sits on you all the time. <laughs> if it's fuck, murderous, that sucks. Right. that sucks, yeah. Now, at one end, we do want to know what happens if we engage with a 300-pound person. But on the other side, like, if that's all that's happening, that's not fun. And it's also cannot be safe. And safety is the thing I worry about the most because people don't realize it. They'll put themselves in all kinds of dangerous, dangerous oh, yeah. situations. And they'll get hurt in stupid ways that could have been avoided with just a little bit of thought and, and care, you know? Yeah. 
Um, and and I think the reason that that happens is because um, when when something's in the heat of the moment, you just do shit. Yes. Um, because you just want to push your advantage a little farther. That's right. So it's like when people are doing. I'm sure everyone's had this experience where you say slow slow geowaza, and then people ramp it up, ramp it up because Nage's like, well, if I move a little faster, then I'll get this angle off. And That's then right. you know, Uke's like, well, I can just go a little faster, and then I can fuck with That's them right. more, and it just pushes, pushes, pushes. And that is actually what, how Aikido throws work. I mean, what Maya's describing is exactly exactly how Aikido throws work, which is one person's always just trying to push something a little farther, Mm -hmm. but the problem is they can't push it. They just don't know that they can't push it that much further than they're trying to. And so then what happens in Rondori is people keep pushing, pushing, pushing until someone rolls their fucking ankle or, you know, gets grabbed in a weird way and scratched across the face or, you know, breaks of... Break toes, yeah, knees, uh, bashed heads, teeth. You know, like all these things. Yeah, and, nose and that's break. fine for one time if you're fighting for your life. Then sure. you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But repeatedly yeah. over and over in if class. I, if I want to come back tomorrow, I'm going to be real pissed if my nose is broken. So in right. my, my career of doing this, and, you know, we've been doing live training since uh, 2004 regularly with Aikido. I have never had a period where we could go without enough injuries to not have to slow us down, mm-hmm. right? So, like, it, it's injurious. Even as you start getting good and, and practicing more, it's just very injury-likely, injurious, injury whatever Injury-prone. Injury-prone, yeah. Prone, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Pro, so it's like if you want to have a nice long run, um, and, you know, maybe this sounds weird to people, but, like, Look, your your dojo or my dojo, anyways, runs in little themes where it's like, oh, we do a bunch of rondori. Oh, now we do a bunch of kata. Oh, now we do a bunch of weapons. Oh, now we do a bunch of rondori. Now we, do, you know, so when you get in one of those cycles and you're doing a bunch of rondori, I my goal is always to extend that cycle as long as possible because I know as we get deep into it, we'll uncover the good stuff. It's like mining or something, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. the deeper you get into that well, the more gold's going to come out of it or something, right? So, so to me, it's like if we all get hurt week three then fuck, we're not going to be able to make it to week 10, which is where I think the good stuff right. is for us, you know? So so you have to be aware of how to keep it safe and, and, and have fun while you're doing it at the same time. And this is really in making sure that everyone understands what you're doing and that you have to slowly take them through like we're doing this because of this and that sometimes means taking extra week to understand how pushes actually work right right? and so you've but you've got to go through it step by step you got to make sure everybody's on board so that way when they're doing it no one's being a weird ass and and if when you do become a weird ass because we all will because our unconscious mind do weird shit then everyone can go like oh hey you're doing that thing and the person themselves goes oh yeah okay i'm doing that thing that's clear to me you know yeah i think one of the things that's made it stronger and more fruitful for us to do Rondori and, and or live training or whatever um, is that Chris is not afraid to stop the whole class and go let's address this little issue that we're having here and why we're having this problem training with this particular drill and he's not afraid to step back and go let's all talk about uh, what this principle that people aren't understanding is or what this weird mistake that someone's trying to game right. this uh, drill right. and everybody's doing the Okimi weird and yeah. they're doing it weirdly because that's what you would do if the live situation was going to continue right. past this right. moment. Right. It's not. So let's get rid of it. Right. Yeah. Right. And to me, you know, the answer for all those, like, you know, and Aikido teachers generally hate this, but it's like the, what if I did this? What if I did that? Or uh, the physical version of that is gaming it in a way that that can't work, you know? And so as the person uh, organizing all this, you have to be aware of when someone's gaming it, what is that game? How is that game helping them? And how is that game hurting them? And what I mean gaming is like playing to the edge of the rules so they can win their criteria. Right. And you do want... The rules Uke's, of the drill. The rules right, of the yeah, drill, right. right? And so you do 
want your ukes motivated to win, so that's good. But when they're playing right to the edge of the rules and that's not actually true to the situation, you have to stop and and rebuild it, you know, and like talk about them as to why that is. Right. And like for me, I said rebuild it because that's also what I do a lot is I'm like, how do I build this so it's proof that, right, you right. know? And you can't you can't get it. You have to you have to get it from different angles. But I'm always searching for better drills right. and better ways to like so people can't screw with things, you know. Well, and a lot of times it's like the the a lot of the drills seem ridiculously simple. You know, yes. it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to come through and push, and maybe I'll grab and going to try to grab you. And it's just a one pass. I push, and most times I reach out, and you're not there, and I can't grab. And it seems after a while like kind of a stupid drill because it's like the nage is, you know, most often able to not get grabbed. Um, yes. That's right. That's, you're, you know. You're that, training the right that, stuff. Right. Um, so it's like. You know, and, and and the drills can be compounded sometimes, and that's when you get compound, compound, and then you get right. Rondori at the end. But know? but especially at first, you have to be okay with saying, we're not doing that right now. Yeah, we're that's just, right. you know, yes, a simple thing. Absolutely. You know, the, the simplest goal, your job is to push them. Yep. And, and then your job is to push, and if you can, grab. Yep. If you, your job is to push, try to grab. If you grab, get a hold. That's if right. you uh, try to push, you grab, you get a hold, you take them to the ground. You know, that's the the progression. But the first one is just trying to push. That's right. And that could that could go on for a long time. You know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there's just so many little things that you can build it up, stair step it, just little step, little step at a time. And it, it's surprising how much just one slight tweak to a drill will make everyone go, oh, God, this is new, you know? And then that's worth training. Um, I think the other thing, too, is, like, there's so many pieces of an Aikido interaction that it's good to, like, piece it into, like, is this a Hidoki drill? Is this a movement drill? Is this a suppression drill? Like, those are all very different categories of what it is that we we do. Are we training a Wase? Are we training Tano Hanko? And that's another point. It's kind of, like, in between other points he has. But, like, that's another point we have to make, which is you have to be clear about what the most successful thing looks like to you, you know? So, so like, you know, if you think that the most successful thing is going to be doing a Shionage to someone, it's going to be really hard hard you know like that's going to be really hard and and i would i would even say at this point to me that's an impossibility if that's always successful aikido is pulling off shionage or pulling off any any specific aikido technique like that then you're probably not going to get it but so to me it's like i start my things with what's true success well being so aware that you never get into the situation and that that we can't really train like that with a drill because we all know that we're there we train that through awareness and other other things we do then second is can i keep my distance and that really is like can you keep your distance we do all kinds of little tag games and try and keep away from people getting a hold of us and we do with multiple attackers in a confined area that's really hard you know and we try to do things like break a line like break a line means like um if you drew a line between the shoulders of the two attackers can you get to the other side of that line which is really hard um we do like um formation drills where like we try and stagger them into the formations we want them to be in instead of the formations they want to be in and this is all not touching them mostly this right. is all moving around in space relative to them right and trying to take advantage of that space as much as possible right i don't know why but apparently at two o'clock on a saturday the guy had to to, to blow some leaves so. i was like, wondering what that crazy yeah, noise like was. right outside my door yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why oh, that's happening man. now, but yeah. it was funny because it sort of just rose 
And I was like, what is that? Maybe you won't be able to hear it. No, they can totally hear it. They can hear it. <laughs> but, but okay, so that's basically is like you need to be certain of what your progression is as the person holding the drills. Um, and, you know, if it is just, you know, I want to see technique, which is. And now there's weird popping happening. Okay, uh, we're back here. Uh, don't really know where we left off, but but the, the guy mm -hmm. blowing the leaves. There was some, some sort kind of electrical. Yeah, who knows what was and, happening? And so, <laughs> it was crazy. And unfortunately, we lo it made us lose our place. Yeah. We had such a good flow going. Yeah, but, yeah. but we'll see if we can catch back up to it. So so basically, um, after the like, how do you be safe and have fun? Um, he wants to to ask about um, like the guesses about how you would structure the drills and like you know um he said like movement first was one of his things and um uh limited attack oh how to limit the attack so so you know when you're trying to build um training drills there's lots of ways to go about it so because we're talking about limiting variables one of the things you could limit is speed um and that is one that i do still use sometimes but i try to get rid of speed as much as i can because no one's ever going to play by it. Um, the, <laughs> well, it's just too hard. It's just too hard to play by The tempo in your head, as you get more excited, everything slows down a little bit. So you are going faster even though you think, think you're, going you're going slow. Going slower, yeah. And I watch a bunch of people train, and I'm like, man, these guys are all think they're going slow, and they are going like bats out of hell. You know? I don't know how many times you guys are like, you're like, okay, go slow. And then we all do it, and you're like, you guys are not going slow. And I'm like, yes, I am. And, you know, so there was a time when uh, Chris brought out the metronome. And we were doing these drills where it would be like moving on the beat. Right. That is not an easy thing yeah, to do. It now, is it, it might have been really awesome. Uh, like, uh, it might have been a great training tool. And had we stuck with it long enough, it, we probably could have break, broken into something to really that we needed so that we could slow our, uh, ourselves down that, in that way. But it, it's very—it's yeah. it's hard. You—you you really can't build a very complex drill when your limiting factor is speed. Um, so sometimes I'll do stuff like we'll do some kind of like geowaza, and I'll say attackers, I suggest you attack slowly, you know, right. or I'll structure it in a way that the attackers will just exhaust themselves as they move fast, right. Right. and so then they'll have to slow down. Right. And so you know, like I kind of build it in that you'll slow down. Um, and the reason you'd want to slow down is so you can see more of what's going on, so it, it can be a little more conscious mind guiding you towards yeah. something. But I would I would in that basically you don't that's not as important like once you you understand what's going on and you can do that through logically working out yeah. what's going on you don't have to see it like that mm -hmm. um then once you do that you can just do things full speed where you're trying to train little bits right. of the full speed thing that, and you know? that's what i was saying where we just do a drill where it's just you push in but right. you're coming at full speed right. so you don't have to uh i would say though that sometimes training something at a ridiculously slow speed can be very telling and a good thing yeah you know but again you it's difficult because you have to understand what is going on but you know really that could be a drill in itself which is like you but then realize what you're doing with it it's like you're training it at that speed so that you can really get a feel for how the thing unfolds. So right? to me, the best thing to train really slow, like where it sees its greatest advantage, is if you're training a form. Right. Yeah. Um, because when you're training a form, and, and the form already is strategically explicitly saying like what we're doing, then you can see if you're cheating something with speed or not, you know? So so slowing yeah. a form down to, to near zero is fantastic because it'll teach you lots of stupid shit you're doing, you know? But 
as far as a live engagement goes, like I really try to play with speed as little as possible and I usually limit it to real gross things like, you know, basically try not to attack full speed or, you know, don't do all the, the hand speed stuff you can or something like that. And that's usually just to get people over a hump when they're freaking out in their head too much. And then after they've got over that hump, then I just, people can go as fast as they go. And um, that will also inherently limit itself because people get exhausted. Right. Um, nobody can sprint all day. And so. a lot of times you'll say, hey, attackers 50%, 75%. Right, right, like give right. it a sort of, so, you know, it's like if, if you're coming in at 100%, ah, uh, you know you can scale it back a little bit. So Right. right. Here he comes so, again. Yeah, he's left. Oh. Just some weird thing. I wonder if uh... Okay, so we're back here for the third time. Um, yeah. um, I think this guy's actually done now, but we've completely lost momentum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so this podcast is done. Yeah. J- pretty, J- pretty JK. No, we're, so we're... I don't know basically what we've already said, but you know, like you're you're just looking at limiting a number of variables when you're building a practice. Um, speed is one that you can do, but it's a hard one to play with. Limiting the number of things they can do is good, you know. So like you can only do grabs, you can only do strikes, you can only attack like this, um, and then that's kind of what you want to do is 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 build up that way. Um, and I think sometimes we'll work on like. Uh... Okay, so this is the fourth time we're coming <laughs> back in here. Um, <laughs> So we had some some more issues. Technical. There's um, issues this this podcast is plaguing some things, but um, yeah. So yeah. So basically, yeah, that's uh, uh, work on building live drills. Right. Yeah. No. So you were saying building the live drills and and, and speed being variable. You want to mess with the variables, is and you can attacks is one of the variables that you can uh, do right. So. Uh, limiting to one attack, uh, limiting speed to multiple attacks. conditions. Speeds are, speed is another one. Um, you can work on transitions between two different kinds of situations. So, like, um, uh, Chris will do, like, uh, you're, you're, you're caught in a corner, and you have to get out of the corner. You get past the person. Right. Um, and, and that's a really fun one just because you're, you're having to, uh, you know, mess with movement, but also you don't have that much room to move and you have to focus on some suppression and, and you're focusing on having to get to a certain direction right. where oftentimes you don't have to worry about a particular way that you can go. Right. Um, so just that kind of stuff. And I think in general, his thing, uh, I think was was right where it's like, you know, at the beginning, at least for us, it's it's the mo- movement drill, like right. movement stuff. So we're just doing, we're just working Tano Hanko and the drill might be uh, someone's coming to push you and you get out of the way. If you stay there, they will push you if you move out of the way, you know. Right. Um, and then from that, it builds to now as you're moving out of the way, the person can adjust uh, to come right. push you. So, so I and teach uh, build and build all and build. my drills like this, which is basically a progression of drills. So it's not it's, – I almost never just teach one thing. It's like I'll say, okay, here's the base skill. Then we add a little more stress. Here's the secondary skill, third skill, fourth skill, and go like that. And so it's always a, a, a progression. And so by the end of class, we're usually going pretty full speed at whatever the progression is we're mm-hmm. in. Yeah. And oftentimes he'll work from one particular attack for that. Um, and then later you can work on changing from one attack to another attack. So, you know, they come for a push, but then they go for a grab. Or right, right. they, from one grab, one kind of grab to a two-hand grab or something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like 
Yeah. We kind of lost our yeah, groove a little bit with this. Groove, yeah, so but I think we answered all. I, I mean, think I we think got we, those questions. We pretty yeah. much hit all um, of And the if questions. we didn't, you can send us a thing and we'll, um, we'll gladly get back in beforehand, there. Beforehand, but. I think, it, too, with building drills, like, you can always, even though, like Chris was saying earlier, it's difficult because people get hurt, always having that final rondori that you're working towards, like, kinds of situations where it's like, these three people are attacking you in this amount of space and you need to stay alive. I mean, and that's the, you know, stay alive for, you know, and oftentimes Chris will set a time limit, but that's kind of the end goal is to, you know, be able to, um, not get locked down or, you know, uh, held by people, you know, for this amount of time. Um, and, and having that as the informant to what your drills are going to be working up to, to that rather than saying we need to drill, um, pieces of the forms, because when you look at it, like we're trying to take stuff out from the forms, then that may not actually be what you're doing in Rondori. Right. And so when you work backwards from that, you can at least say, hey, this person keeps getting caught in this corner, so I guess we need to work on how to That's get out right. of a corner. Right. Or, you know, this person keeps grabbing me in such a way that I, I can't do my Morote Dori escape or I'm something's ha- I'm having an issue with that. Or, you know, they're, both people are grabbing me on either side and then I don't know how to, you know, do a Hidoki from there. Then it's right. like, okay, we need to work on two-person Hidoki. Right. That kind of thing. Um, and that will be much more informant to what you actually want the end product to look like rather than trying to look at the forms and make them into some kind of live thing. And I think if you do it well, those things will all be the they same stuff. They do happen. That yeah. does happen. But uh, I think problem solving is is the, the key. You know, it's mm-hmm. like run, uh, you know, run the the end thing, the Rondori, um, and, and then see what your problems are. And then you build drills specific to the problems, you know. And I know that's the way that we've worked a lot, uh, Chris has worked, where it's like, oh, yeah, this thing keeps happening over and over and over. Consistently, if I'm going with two people, I blend really well with the first one and get smashed by the second one. What's going on? Yeah. And then we just work, isolate work, out work, those work, problems. Work, and, work, 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 work. Um, um, you know, so. if, if you've had the opportunity to, to play any kind of sport, you know, like so you got to play soccer or football or baseball or whatever, you, you, you learn from that the basic way any coach works things. You know, they look at each player and they assess what are the strengths and weaknesses, and then whatever the weaknesses are, we train those things, you know. So, like, it's the same way with the class. We look at the class and go, like, you know, what's the lowest common denominator? What's really holding us back? And then we take that thing and we work on that thing until we break through it. And sometimes you'll break through it in 10 minutes in class, you know, and then, boom, we move on to the next thing. But you have to always be able to look at the class and assess what's going on and why that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know why it's going on, you can usually look back at the forms and the forms tell you. So, you know, the, the forms are like little strategic and tactical practices. So if you look at that, it will inform you as to what you're supposed to do. Then learning to read those can take a while, but right. they'll teach you. The, you know, like uh, from an easiest level, they're a great source for Hidoki, you know, uh, for all of the, the main kind of ways right. that you're going to try and escape from a grab that's what you're going to look at is is how to do those and i don't mean throwing someone all the, the way to the ground is how you have to escape but looking for those small pieces where it's like oh i tried to triangle and and pop their their hand off of me right. that's an excellent one um but i think too like make sure that you're you're training what you do after the hodoki you know because that that's the thing you can can struggle with in rondori is that like you do the initial thing right so you got the hodoki but then you your uh, instinct is to not keep escaping after that right you know That's what i mean exactly what i'm saying you know first blend is awesome 
Right. Second one gets you gets you right. caught up, or right. the first two blends are awesome. The third one, or you know, mm-hmm. yeah, making sure that you're like following through with keeping in mind what your what your goal is. Right. Yeah. And so, that's on both sides. So I think that basically covered it. Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, guys, that it got broke up there. Um, kind of lost what we were saying a little bit, but. Um, I think that essentially answers the question. Um, and if you got more, we'd, we'd yeah. like to talk about it more. Also, we shot some videos, although those might be a little sketch because no one was behind the camera. So um, depending on how those turn out, I'll put them on. But uh, yeah, we show may, yeah. three different types of drills we run live and, and how those work. So you should be able to check those out pretty soon. Um, and that said, let's I think this is a really think. good uh, – yeah. I, uh, first of all, just thanks for the question. And I think – Yeah, thank uh, you very much. The, it was a good question. I think I would say probably on the right path. Well thought um, out, yeah. In Very terms well of out. you know what the 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 way that he is seeing the progressions going, I think is is correct. So, yeah, um, yeah. Thank you Let's so much. Yeah, patrons. patrons. Here we go, patrons. Um, so, thank you so much to Barrett Lippy, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Brian Crowley, Brooke Ferragamo, Christopher Acido, Constantinos Andrew, Dave Dewberry, Floor Hanowick, Francis Cordon, Franz Martinson. Grant Templin, Hillary Jones, Jim Gallant, Jim Sullivan, Lenny Acuna, Lisa Klein, Marcin Chis, Matt Mumford, Matt Riley, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Randy Stewart, Sam Sulian, Scott Burns, Sension Center, Sharon Okada, Spider-Man in San Jose, The Hatchet Man, Thomas Polino, Tommy Siv, and Yuli Simgu. All right, guys. Yeah. Um, and then, as always, um, hit us up on Instagram. Or Instagram, we're Aikido Fresno on Instagram um, and on Facebook as Aikido Discussed. If you have questions um, and you want to hear more detail about them, um, Michael, if we didn't answer your question all the way, um, please contact us again, and we will follow try, up try on to get that. Back to it, yeah. Um, also, yeah. if you haven't heard back from me, so look, I get emails so and stuff <laughs> from from different places all the time, and I try to look at everything right away. And sometimes I'm in the middle of something, and so then things get pushed to the side. If I if you've sent us an, an email or something, or a message or whatever, and I haven't responded to you saying that we're going to do it or not do it, or I'm going to ask the guy something like that send it again yeah right, right? right. and Same. i mean you could just you could just take the old one you sent and send yeah. it again because, go like, because hey i know this has happened at least again. a few times yeah. where like either i've been in the middle of a party or i've been out doing something or something and like we get and i look at it and i and especially if it's a long one they start reading it and then in like something else happens and then i don't get a chance and so then if i didn't send something back that means it didn't go into my queue for like i need to work on this and then it got lost and Mind then queue. i sometimes go back to look for those and then i can't always find Think, them yeah. so yeah. i'm sure it's especially difficult because you are a business owner and, right. and all your business seeing, is on your phone right you're seeing everything from all over the place yeah yeah and we, personal stuff all we do a one. pretty good job of trying to to um to log those and say like okay here topic idea blah blah, blah. but tr- keeping track of where that's logged sometimes right right really, a really really a pain sometimes <laughs> so so i i totally apologize if that's happened to you but um just send it again you yeah. know and you don't have to write it out again just resend the thing you yeah. sent um um, but yeah, so sorry if we haven't got to anyone's cause I know I've done that a couple of times. Um, and then I've gone back, I, I, I came across one the other day. I know that it happened. This was about two weeks ago and I'm starting to question if I dreamt it because, <laughs> because I looked through my email and I couldn't find it. And I was like, I'm positive that was an was email somebody and I looked through me. and I couldn't find it. So, um, so maybe it, you did dream maybe it. You did dream <laughs> and that's quite, quite possible too. I dream yeah. a lot of shit and then think it was real. So, so, um. Uh, so yeah. our next podcast may be a dream dreamcast. <laughs> dreamcast. Someone dreamt this to me, and yeah. I'm, I. 
Thanks to Skyman and the clouds. <laughs> Who gave me this dream. <laughs> dream idea. All, All right. right. Uh, so tip of the week. Uh, tip of the week. Um, I, this might be difficult if you're not currently training right now, okay. as we are um, about to start training in the park next week. So we haven't been training in reopening, a while. man. It's all reopening. Yeah, the world is re. Uh, Till wave two hits us like a mother, and then we <laughs> right. <laughs> we all have to we'll close up happens. again. But we're here. We're here and now. Some people probably will be uh, places opening up within the next uh, few weeks. So think about an issue that you have. Um, that you have encountered in your live training, even if that's like semi live training that you've done, um, something where you, uh, it's something you want to run a little bit more. See if you can create a drill to run that specific issue, mm-hmm. um, whatever that is. Um, and, and keep in mind the, the factors that are always there. So like there's always distance of like, you know, time, how much time, how long the drill's going to be, how fast or slow the people are going to be, what the attack is going to be, you know, um, how many steps you're going to take. So maybe it's just a one action thing or it's, you know, a three action chain of events or whatever it is. Keep in mind those different factors so that you can create a drill that really allows you to practice the thing that you're wanting to practice. Um, and then, you know, see how it goes and see what, what issues will come up because there's always issues. <laughs> um, and then, like the making of this podcast. Too. Right, yes. <laughs> but you got to roll with it like always. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We all appreciate right. all of you listening, and we will talk to you next week. Next week it will be.